It's the Speedway Show, an idea exchange empowering us to live well, live fully, and love deeply. And now, here's our host, Speedway. Welcome to the Speedway Show. Today is a continuation of a conversation, a, a really interesting conversation, that we started with the first part of this show. It was called Miss Too Independent. Today, we are talking from the perspective of all you women out there who are too independent, because your objection would be the title of this show, which is, But I Love My Independence. And that's what we're talking about. So, single ladies, isn't it great to be successful? You've got your own car, a great job, your own home, your own 401k, so what can possibly be wrong with you? And more to the point, to you ladies who are already married, you might be feeling like, hey, I am independent, I've got it going on, I've got all my stuff together, and so what is wrong with that? Because, you know, from time to time, a husband seems to think I ought to be more submissive. Who wants that? And so that's what we're going to talk about today. With me is my special guest, author of the book, You Are More Than What Meets the Eye, The Independent Woman's Guide to Becoming Wifely Material. And you can find it, listeners, ladies and gentlemen, on com. If you go to either the posting for the show, Miss Too Independent, or the posting for the current show, But I Love My Independence, you can also find this book on Amazon.com. And uh, we'll give you, and in fact, the link that you're going to find on the show will be the link to Amazon.com. But... Um, Guys, if you're listening and, and thinking to yourself, self, I would love my wife to hear this, I want you to buy this book for your wife and give it to her. And then when she says to you, hmm, what are you trying to say? Just say, oh, no, nothing, dear. I just heard it was a really great book and see if you can get her to read it. So with that, I'm going to introduce Dr. Antoinette Smith. Dr. Smith, welcome to the Speedway Show. Thank you. I am happy to be back. Thank you for inviting me. Well, so the last time you were here, we talked about some of the, the background stuff. We talked about you. We talked about how you wrote this book. And now I would like to jump into the objections that I imagine one might hear uh, from women who might be listening to this show. So let's start with the woman who says, hey, I don't need a man. I am happy and content with the life and success I have achieved, so why do I need to worry about and think about becoming wifely material? I would say to those women, there is never anything wrong with just opening up and exploring and becoming a better person when I say, uh, so enjoy your independence, 
I surely enjoyed my myth to independent. So in, enjoy that time, but also prepare yourself for what may lie ahead. Because let me explain that where I am today, back in 1999, I could not see here. And I cannot be convinced that you can see 10 years ahead or five years ahead or one year ahead. So, But be in preparation. And this is all I'm saying. So enjoy the moment. You want to be happy. You want to be successful. You want to keep doing what you know how to do best. But be mindful and open up yourself to other possibilities. Okay. So, for example, now, I would like you to give us some sense. Don't give it away, but I would like to to hear from you some idea of what I might be, uh, what I might expect to find in this book. So, when you say things like "be prepared," and you know, you talked about in our earlier show, and and ladies and gentlemen, if you have not heard the first show, I would encourage you to go and listen to it because you're going to get a lot of background that we're going to build on here. You have walked this journey, and you were in that place where you loved your independence, you were happy, you had a great career, you had it going on, and then you discovered even greater happiness or you discovered that it added to your happiness to have these what you call you know, wifely characteristics. So give me an example of who you were in your misindependent phase that changed or needed to change in order for you to have the happy marriage that you have now. Oh my goodness. So that's very that's very uh a personal question, but you know what? I'm very transparent in my book. Uh so let me reflect because a lot of times when you grow, you do forget certain things, but I do remember just wanting to do a lot of things on my own. So and and I and I just want your listeners to understand this example. Mm-hmm. So and and even up into the day of my marriage where I would I was looking for vendors and I was looking for venues. So I would jump in the car and drive over to the Hyatt or, or wherever I wanted the venue to be. And my fiance at the time would call and say, "Wait a minute, you didn't want me to go with you?" And I thought, "Oh, really?" So, okay, like, oh, you, yeah, you want to go with me? You know, so those kind of things where you just do what you do and you're not thinking about anybody else. And you make decisions without thinking about anyone else. So what has changed for me is that everything I do, I have to think about beyond myself. And I, that is a great feeling for me to just say, because it, to me, when I think back about how I was focused on me and that was so easy to focus on me because I know myself really, really well, at least I thought. Mm-hmm. And so that was an easy process. And I have dealt with many, many challenges before. So for me to bridge someone else into my life and have the challenge of just saying, you know, consider them. So that's the biggest change. The biggest change is considering them. The other big change is understanding that someone else may have a different opinion and let it be. If the world is not going to be destroyed based on them voicing their opinion, let it be. 
I would and guess that is a, that's that's great. <laughs> Go I would guess that that is a difficult thing for you know forget about women, just people to accept because so often we get so tied into my worldview and either you know I have to convince you or we have to do it my way. And at the end of the day, what I'm hearing you say, and I completely agree with this because, you know, I find I I, I say this even to my daughters. Um, When they go to school and -and so-and-so wanted to do this this way and -and so-and-so didn't want me to do this that way, you know, it's like, what would it matter if you just said okay? (laughs) Yeah, and you you just find that's, that's the power right there. The power... People view power differently, but how I view it, it's easy for me to give you my opinion. You probably know this already. So it's easy for me to speak. But if I could just listen and let you have your opinion and let that be, that's where the power comes in. Like, Antoinette, can you really just sit here and listen and take it in? Now, here's the good news. Mm -hmm. Because of who my husband is, when I have practiced that, I come out on top. Because it's a matter of listening to him, respecting his leadership. I selected him. I chose to marry him. So that means that I respected him. I knew he could be a leader in my life. So if I believe that because I married him, then put him to the test. And so there have been a number of occasions where I was just like, okay, this is not going to work. And he has a way of saying, understanding me and and, and my thought processes, saying, you know what, listen, you know, hear me out. Hear me out because he he respects me as well. Hear me out. And then when I hear him out, I, I see it. And I'm thinking, oh, my goodness. And I really believe as women we don't give men enough credit. I think men were designed to be leaders, and I believe that we are used to being leaders, being the head of our households, so we just respond naturally. But if we are attracted to leaders, then let the leader lead. And if you are a leader, you're likely to be attracted to another leader. Well, that's true. And I have to say, you know, I I must say I completely agree with that. And part of it, for me personally, is I'm a lawyer, and I... Not only am I a lawyer, but I my focus is litigation. So all day long, I am putting out fires. I'm giving advice. You know, what are we going to do about this employee situation? And I find that actually, if you know, when I'm when I'm dating someone, what I really want to do when we get together, I want to not have to think. I just want to 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 surrender and say, okay, here I am, and have somebody else take the reins and just lead. You know, be here at this time. I don't need to know where we're going. I don't need to know what the plans are. I'm just going to show up because I'm tired. (laughs) I'm tired of meeting all day, and I'm just like, you know what? I'm just going to sit here, and I'm going to be taken care of because this is nice. (laughs) And, Speedway, let me explain because I am the same way. But let me tell you what I needed to do to just push that further. Mm Mm-hmm. My husband now, but my fiancé then, I became so vulnerable to him in a way that I just said, I'm going to let him know how I feel about certain things because I am in transition. He didn't know I was in transition. He didn't know that I was trying to be a better person inside. This is not something you broadcast. This is a book 
or a lesson that you just absorb within. And if yes. it works to your advantage, it does, and it'll show in the end, right? So yes. what was happening was I said to him, you know, babe, I, I don't want to lead. So so it's a, all I'm saying is a difference in thinking it and expressing it to the man you're with. Babe, I don't want to leave. You know, I just want to just lay softly in your arms. I just want to be in the passenger seat and just relax and feel so comfortable and let you drive. Can we do that? Right? And now you're reminding me, my fiancé, my husband, looked at me, and he says, you got to be the biggest Mac person ever with these words, you know? And so he really thought that I was like a Mac daddy pretty much because I was so expressive. (laughs) He gave me a term, I forgot it. I think he called me Mac Lady or something or Dr. Mac or something. Because I would say these things to him, and I would say to myself, did that just come out of my mouth? Really? Uh-huh. You know, it's but, your shot. Yes, but what I saw on his face, I saw his face, like, light up. So I thought, oh, my goodness, he needed to know that. I had it in my – I was thinking it. I was thinking I didn't want to be in control. I was thinking I wanted to just relax, but I said it to him. And that made that, that made the difference. It made a difference. It put us on the same page. And even when I struggled in areas, right, if I got angry or spoke too much, because and then when I say speak too much, I'm saying that I'm a wise woman. So I know when I have pushed the envelope, even in just the normal sense meaning I'm really arguing about something as small as an ant or whatever, you know, I don't know, but, I'm, you know, it's just not important. So I would tell him that. i said, say, you know what, I don't even know why I argue. But listen, I'm working on that. And, and okay. he loved that part. So let me let's let's go to another objection that I'm guessing would be a common objection to this topic. What about the woman who says, hey, look, um, and, and in fact, I, I encountered this because I, I did a a show on a local radio station with uh, a DJ, KMOJ Radio, and the title of the show was Wives Submit to Your Husbands. And it focused on the Bible passages that instructed women to submit to their husbands. And um, boy, did people call in for that one. Uh, so what about the woman who says most of the men I meet are beneath me in terms of success or income level or accomplishments and sometimes even intelligence. I don't want to dumb myself down or make myself smaller just to appease some guy's ego. Yes, I have heard those comments and concerns. Mm -hmm. I have uttered those same similar statements myself. And I would say when you go through your own spring cleaning, there should be little room left to judge anyone else. So the way I see it is that if someone is breathing, they actually have a purpose in life, and their purpose could be in your life. So, and we're not wise enough. We cannot see the future. We cannot see the entire ocean to understand someone's gift. So, but we know ours, and maybe we're not tapping into our gifts. And a lot of times women have empowering words. I know I do. 
So I know if I'm trying to motivate someone, I can tell them what they need to hear that's going to be positive for them. So when you have that man in your life that you believe you would have to dumb down, look at some of his other assets. Now, if he's not the person for you, he's not the person for you. I can't speak about that. But let's just suppose you meet a person and you start to judge them. I mean, maybe you should communicate with them more. Maybe you should tap into what could they bring to the table for you. Uh, And another thing what I want you to also ask yourself is, are you judging them based on your own beliefs or beliefs that someone has put in your head, or are you concerned about what your girlfriends are going to think, what your family is going to think? You have to understand these things. Why do you have this perception about this person? You know, I um, to that point, I, I met a woman who I'm, I'm hoping will become a good friend of mine recently, and she is very, very, you know, very successful in her profession. She is your, you know, very independent and lovely, lovely lady. And her husband, when she met him, was homeless on the street. And, you know, I'm looking at the two of them and I'm going, how on earth did that work out? And they are just happy and so in love and they've been married for about three years now and the magic and the passion is still there and I look at this woman and the way she talks about this man you would think he was the king of Prussia I mean my goodness (laughs) this is what I'm saying this is what I'm saying we need to tap into our gifts and she's tapping into hers when she is expressing how she feels about her husband her husband knows this he's going to step to the plate to that perception he, oh yeah, we we do we do that. If someone says to us, "You are attractive," we believe those things, and so you have to put those positive words into everyone you meet. Mm-hmm. And and here's and the, the thing: this is what I've learned, right? Because you can marry somebody and say, "I have three plaques on the wall," you have three plaques on the wall. When you close the door in your home, the number of plaques and all your accolades that does not matter. make exactly. It Nothing at all. <laughs> I, I tell you, I had you know, one of the things, and I'll, I'll, I'll wrap this up with this friend of mine. I said to her, "So, what was it that the two of you were attracted to?" And he doesn't—he's not as much of a talker as she is. And she says, "I was attracted to his energy." And I'm sitting there thinking, "Okay, so he's homeless. He hasn't had a bath in a <laughs> long time. He ain't smelling so good, and he hasn't shaved." Clearly, it wasn't the physical attraction that was working for her, but she just said, you know what, I could see his spirit, I could see his energy. And you look at the man, and he truly is, you know, very charismatic, lovely man, lovely, lovely man. But I had to say, when I thought about it, I thought, you know, if he had been homeless, I I would have been nice to him, and I'd have probably given him some money, but I, I probably was not actualized enough to have said, that's my husband. <laughs> right. yeah. and, and so it, it goes to what you're saying, that, you know, to the extent that you look at somebody and you judge them, mm-hmm. that perhaps there is, you know, something artificial in the back of your brain that's working as opposed to something that's truly spiritual and that is true. But 
here's the other thing that I, I, you know, we touched on this very briefly in the last show, and I wanted to pursue it a little bit further because one of the underlying principles of the Speedway show is that you have to have a life, or you should, in order for you to maximize the joy and the the purpose in your life. You you should have a life manual, and I call it a life manual because that's exactly what it is. It is a manual that tells you how to live in the best way, how to um, maximize the effectiveness of your life. It gives you warnings for what not to do. It tells you uh, how to get out of it if you run your life off into a ditch. My personal life manual just happens to be the Bible. I have friends who use a Bhagavad Gita, who use a Quran, who use, you know, some other spiritual text that speaks to them. And from what you have said, I'm going to gather that you probably have a life manual, do you not? I do. I've created one. I've written it down. I have a vision board. I have a my Bible. My Bible I use. My friends. All of that, my husband is in my manual. My children, everything that, my students, all of that is written in my manual. How do I want to come across to my students? When people see me, should they see the Christian that I am? They sure should. Mm-hmm. Should they see a mom? Should they see a wife? Should they see a career woman? They should see all of that when they look at me. Should they see a woman? So I've written all of this down. I actually have affirmations that I've written down. And I know, you know, uh, we have limited time, but I wrote down affirmations, positive affirmations, to remind myself on a daily basis what I am trying to be. Mm-hmm. And, and and so that's a part of my manual. Okay. So when it comes to the intersection of spirituality and this topic, but I love my independence, um, what is it that for you, from a spiritual perspective, what would you say to that woman who says, but hey, I love my independence. I've been blessed with this and this and this, and, um, you know, life is going pretty well. So, you know, is there some other, is there some reason why I should change that? I would tell the independent woman that I cannot be convinced that your creator created you to be unmarried. I cannot be convinced that your creator did not place you to be listening to the Speedway show. I cannot be convinced that so many marriages are meant to fail. And I think as women, we just owe it to ourselves because we can change the world by changing our mindset. We can change an entire situation by changing a mindset. And so... I would also tell you that your creator tells you to be kind to people, to not be judgmental, to not be quick to anger. I would tell you that your creator does not want you sleeping around without being married. So some of these things that you would have to reconcile for yourself. And in order for me to grow and to trust my creator, I wanted to be correct in as many areas as possible, and I knew I had control over my character. 
I would suggest, I, I do agree with you, by the way, and uh, to our listeners, if if she got your attention when she said your creator does not want you to sleep around, <laughs> and if you're thinking to yourself, what, not sleep around, or at least not sleep, <laughs> I would suggest that you need to listen to two shows. We did, uh, I did uh, two shows last year. One was called Why Wait for Sex? And the other one, and, and there were two of them because one was for aimed at adults and another one was aimed at teens. And um, it, it does provide from a, particularly from a spiritual perspective, why that might be a good idea for you. And uh, so to all those ladies, before you start flapping around, go listen to the shows and, and try those concepts out and listen to why your creator might suggest that um, – Telepathy might be a good thing. So back to our topic, Dr. Seaway, I do want to add to that. Now, I don't know if people are going to believe me, but I received four marriage proposals from guys that I never slept with. Honestly. And so that told me that because I am constantly growing in Christ, I thought, oh, my goodness, this really, I have heard this time and time again. I have so many uncles. I can't even count them. I have over ten uncles. And they have always told me this about men. But I just really did it for myself, and it was easy for me to do just because I just could focus more on my career. I could have fun. But every single guy that I chose to just hang out with and not have sex with, they proposed to me. And they said that I was not like other women. So I just want your listeners to, I just wanted to add my two cents to that and give you my testimony. Were they saying you weren't cheap and easy? (laughs) (laughs) No, they just said, you know, I just, I was just different. Even one guy said, you made me go to my telephone, my black book, I think was his his words, and then uh, were his words, and he said, and delete so many numbers. And in my mind, because I was really, of the Miss Too Independent, I'm thinking, uh, hold on, buddy. You know, you better not delete Wait, those numbers because you're not getting my need them. You know, you may need them. So, <laughs> so uh, but he he's one of the ones who are, he's actually married now. But So oh, I just want to tell you that it works. I don't know why, but it works. Well, now, here's, here's one thing. Um, we've got a little bit of time left, and before we go, I did want to address married women. Because, you know, I hear sometimes from married women the same sorts of things that you hear from highly independent single women. And when you, and so my question, and I have not read your book because it just came out, so I'm excited because I'm going to read your book. But when you wrote it, were you thinking in particular about just single women or were you also thinking about married women too? I was thinking only about single women, but I interviewed so many women and men, and married women started to say to me, let me know when your book comes out. I need to read it for myself. Nobody gave me a roadmap. Nobody taught me how to be a wife. Nobody gave to me the material that you're trying to give. And so then I said to myself, although my head, because I'm not, I'm a newlywed, so I didn't feel to, an, an expert to tell you about being a wife in a marriage, but I felt 
I was an expert in how to transition to wifely material. So married women and husbands, oh, my goodness. Okay, so husbands started saying, can you sneak my wife a copy of the book? I'll pay you. Just mail it to her because they did not want to give it to her you know, for fear, I guess, of a fight or something like that or some type of a conversation or something. Why do you? Why are you giving me this book? So what are you trying to say? Yeah, a researcher friend of mine, a white male, said, please give my wife the book. Send it to her. And you just reminded me I need to get a copy to her. Um, so, yes, I think it's beneficial to every single woman. I think it could be beneficial to men just to know if they are – Involved with the independent woman to just understand from an independent woman's point of view how I felt and how she may be feeling. Mm-hmm. Well, um, this takes us to the uh, close of our show. Any last comments that you would like to leave our listeners with? I, I have just been so delighted with having you on the show. It's a fascinating topic. I think it's one that, quite honestly, I suspect a lot of women struggle with because on the one hand, um, you know, perhaps in past generations we were raised to be more dependent on our men. And in this day and age, you know, you've got a divorce rate that's 50%, which means whatever dependence I may have had on my husband, half the time, I find myself not being able to depend because he's gone. Um, You know, and women, men, we're all living longer, but sometimes, you know, still men are more likely to die statistically before women do. So my mother, for example, she's very young and um, she's in her 60s. And my father passed away a couple of years ago. So to the extent they were best friends, they knew each other for 40-some-odd years. And so now she suddenly finds herself in a situation where she now has to be independent because the husband that she depended on and her best friend is now gone. So there is some element, I would suspect, of necessity that has sort of crept up on us that would say there's some value to being independent. But what I hear you saying is there is, even if you're not married, there is a place in your life for the characteristics that would really serve you well if you were a wife, and that's whether or not you ever become a wife, yes? Absolutely, and men, they like independent women. So I'm not saying to lose your independence. I'm just saying you know, become wise and know how to transition to when you need to be too independent and when you just need to be your natural self. Relax. You know. Okay. So I would I would tell the women as you know, as women, we affect so many people. So we owe it to others to consider a transition. Uh your mindset is so powerful. So we have to be careful about what we imagine in our lives because we we become what we imagine. So in my imagination told me I could have a great marriage. I could meet a wonderful man. And since meeting my wonderful man, I have been promoted on the job. I have had many uh, awards and everything come my way since being married. And I thought being married would have 
hindered me, would have been obstacles to getting a promoted and everything else, but it helped me. So very quickly, for people who might be wondering, because it did occur to me to wonder as I was listening to you, how long have you been married now? I have been married for one year. One year. So I hope I sound like a newlywed. I hope I sound like a newlywed. And so, you know, we could go on and on and on. Let me just explain to you that marriage is not easy. That's why I want people to read my book. It is difficult, but so is your career. So are the people you work with. Marriage is nothing to be played with. That's why if you get the opportunity to find that man, you want to have the foundation. You want to know yourself really, really well. That's what my book does. It helps you get in touch with who, what, when, and why you do what you do. And if you need to transition, this book will help you get there. So because marriage is not difficult, I mean, marriage is not easy. It is a very difficult process. People do not make it past one year. So we have to just celebrate the moment. That's true. Well, with that, that brings us to the close of our show. Dr. Mrs. Professor Smith, thank you Yay. so much for joining us on the Seaway Show today. Thank you, Seaway. It's been my pleasure. All right, so you heard it here. You can pick up the book at Amazon.com. And you can also pick it up on thespeedwayshow.com. It is called You Are More Than What Meets the Eye, The Independent Woman's Guide to Becoming Wesley Material. And that would be you, young lady, and you and you. So until next week, thank you for joining me on the Speedway Show today. Go in peace, take care of each other, and get this book and start practicing becoming Wesley Material. Thank you for joining us on The Speedway Show. Visit thespeedwayshow.com for content and other episodes. Join the fan page at facebook.com slash thespeedwayshow. And follow Speedway on Twitter at the handle thespeedwayshow. Until next week, live well, live fully, and love deeply.